Hey guys, this is Jimmy Keebs. I'm here on the Artist Journey podcast with my pals Elliot and Landon. And I'm going to be talking about my career in film and my career in the brewing industry. So stick around. Here we go. And uh, you're kind of crowding my space there, bro. Oh, wow. <laughs> <Don't touch it. laughs> Just kidding. All right. Hey, guys. How's it going? Uh, thanks so much for joining. I'm Elliot Graber. We are at the uh, the Artist Podcast Journey today with uh, the one and only Mr. Jimmy Keebs. Hey! How's <laughs> it going? Jimmy um, is an executive producer, actor, beer aficionado, and a tour extraordinaire of historic St. Paul breweries. And he has a wonderful... I read that. It's true. That true? I, I, yeah. I wrote it all down like five minutes before yeah. we got to really I have to make tight, sure. Too. I like big... T- let me, he's, wait, can I, I let me, he, he's also the executive producer of In Harm's Way. He makes appearances in Finding Jimmy, Steel Vengeance, Problem Solving the Republic, also known as American Rescue Squad. And you may have even seen him in one of Mr. Landon Banks' music videos. Yes. Oh, that <laughs> Christmas music video. Oh my God. <laughs> dark days! Oh dark days! I drove people nuts oh. with that saying. Yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, let me say, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining and cheers. Uh, cheers. To everyone. This is, uh, it's kind of a, a great reunion to be here oh, in yes. 2021. Yes. Celebrating each other. So tonight is for Jimmy. Yes. Woohoo! Mm. Why, I don't understand. <laughs> me either. Nobody does, Jimmy. Nobody does. Nobody knows who you are, that's why. <laughs> Oh man! Okay, I'll pretend so, I didn't hear that. So, Jimmy, you're from. Put over your hogging my camera. Oh, <laughs> you're, uh, you're again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jimmy, you're from Pine City. Am I right about that? Originally, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, d- uh, how big of a town is that? Uh, about three thousand. Three thousand people. Three thousand. Yeah. Okay. So, what, what was it like growing up in that uh, environment? No, oh, I mean small town. I mean. You didn't have a whole lot going on. I mean, shut town kind of shuts down at like five o'clock, but you know, it was a lot of fun too. Like we didn't have to worry about anything. We could just you know stay out all night as kids. You know, you come home to eat, but it's like all right, I ate. I'm See you later. later. See you later. I'll come <laughs> back at uh you know. And you were a good kid, right? I'm sure you didn't get into actually. Trouble. I I was <laughs> I was pretty well behaved. The only time I got pulled over, I, I was I was riding in a in a truck <laughs> that got pulled over because we were double parked and we were drinking. We threw the beers out the truck as right for the cop, hoping they didn't see. Right? He did see us. And <laughs> there they, is DNA on that, you know. They can test yeah, that. That's well, true. Yeah, technology is advanced yeah, these I'm, days. I'm thankful he did because he let us go, and I'm like, mm. oh, thank God. Uh, that was a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Right? My, my, my dad always told me, he's like, oh, you, you get arrested, you know, I'm going to get arrested too so I can be in jail with you. Because then you're really not going to like fucking jail. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, great. Wow. He's going to get arrested. He, he's like, he, I, can, I can kick your ass all I want in jail. <laughs> in jail. Right. Right. So. Uh, so you seem to be the type of guy that's kind of always got himself into a little bit of trouble, maybe along a little bit, yeah, yeah, or a lot of it, or a lot of it, uh, depending on who you ask. Yeah. <laughs> Who's telling the whole truth? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so anything from like throwing, uh, you know, 
bottles with gasoline onto the the highway or no. burning down bu- bur- barns or something. No, I no. mean the, the worst that that was the worst. Yeah, that that was probably the worst thing we ever did. Was you know have a cop talk to us when we were clearly intoxicated. He didn't want to deal with us. It's small town. Yeah, just go <laughs> home. Go home. Go home. Be left alone. If, if I right. catch you guys out, you have fifteen minutes to get home. If I catch you out, you're going in. I'm like, all right, well, we gotta go, right? Yeah. All right, so we go to our friend's house. We sit there for fifteen minutes. I'm like, you know, the Grand Casino Hinkley has two dollar breakfast. We we should go there. I'm like, you're correct, sir. Yes, we should. <laughs> and away we went. We went up fifteen miles north and had breakfast at. And next morning. to the cop who pulled you over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in a donut. Yeah, the friend of mine's growing up, he, it was his uncle. Wow. So I asked him about a nephew right away. <laughs> and hey, he could have gone to Toby's too. Oh, there you They're go. good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now the, hin- the Hinkley was $2. $2 after midnight for breakfast. They gave you two eggs, um, a big piece of ham, hash browns. I don't eat eggs. I don't eat eggs at all. So I'd always get the chili. Yeah. I get the chili with a large Mountain Dew. <laughs> that was, that was what a breakfast, a breakfast of champions. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Doesn't no get I, any better than that. No ice either. And if you fucking bring me ice, I spoon it out and put it on the table. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I wait on you. Yeah. Okay, so. I wouldn't so, leave a tip either. Eh? Oh, no, no. We, a tip, no ice. No ice. So, so, you, oh. so coming from Pine City, when did you come to the, the Twin Cities then? So. I kind of had uh, a little inkling of uh, that I, I wanted to be a filmmaker. I, I got my first video camera in 2004. Mm-hmm. I brought that camera everywhere, and I filmed every everything that we did with that camera, going out to the bars around Pine City, the shenanigans that would happen when you're in your early 20s and you're drunk. <laughs> um, there's a there's a there's a video of us, you know, going out going around causing trouble at all the bars and everything. That I, I took down off of YouTube one once oh, YouTube shoot. got like really big I'm like yeah, I'm gonna remove that because some of the people in the video I mean they they have careers now and they're not they're not kids anymore I'm like all right well we'll take that down yeah. thank goodness <laughs> right but uh, we we shot our first short up there randomly on like a Saturday and it was like a very short five minute thing all right well started thinking about it and I'm like you know I kind of want to do this so I moved down to Roseville in 2005 and I, I finally got into the film school at MCTC in 2007 and I'm like all right I'm gonna go to film school I'm gonna go to college I had never gone to college you know I've always had a day job where I didn't need I didn't need college you know I made pretty good money having you know working this day job which I'm going on my 20th year, June 4th. That's you hear yeah. it, guys? It's never too late to go to school. Yeah, please. For, yes. Please go to college for whatever you like to go to, go for. So so for those of people who don't know about MCTC, I think we've all had a little experience yes. with MCTC. What, yes. What is MCTC so, and how is that affected? So MCTC, the, the Minneapolis Community and Technical College, I think they call it something else now. Um, I think they, they might have rebranded a little bit. But at the time, I was told it was like one of the best film programs hmm. out there that you could go to. So I, I went. I was very happy to get it accepted. 
took me two tries to get accepted. <laughs> really? Yes. First one denied. Ding the triple maker. The first one would deny. He throws beer on windows. <laughs> so, but at the same oh, time, no. while, while I'm trying, yeah. trying to get in, yeah. I, I started filming a local band. Mm-hmm. And my, my friends had a band called Asteria. So I'm out at the club with them. Mm-hmm. Every Saturday night, I'm filming all their shows with my little Sony Handycam. And... You know, that's kind of my life. He's like, all right, I'm going to film their band, and then I'm going to go get shit housed over here. And, uh, you know, after they're done. But one weekend, uh, it was actually the after my first week at MCTC. I, did, I think I had one class at MCTC. Show up, and they're like, hey, we got this guy. We hired this guy to film the band with you. Do you want to work with him? Like I don't want to work with anybody else. I'm, I'm your, I'm, I'm the guy. I, I work alone. I work yeah. alone. Yeah, I, I, get I, this right. And yeah. like, no, no, no. Just, the Keebs works alone. Just, just meet him. Just meet him. I'm like, all right. So I go. Do I have to. I, yeah, I, I meet right. the fucking guy. And the rest is history. Yeah, the the rest is definitely history for me. Because um, it was Brandon Van Bleet. He is like a he's like a brother to me now. But at the time, I'm like, who the fuck is this guy that's, like, coming into my territory? And, like, he's taking bands away from me. Yeah. But he, uh, he was there. He had, a, he had his Canon XL2 camera. That was my dream camera. And he's like, do you, do you want to use it? And I'm like, no, no, no. That's way too nice for me. I'm fine with my little Sony. All right, let's just get through this. Let's just go shoot. Shoot this band. Dream camera or not, yeah. I'm doing the Sony. Right. <laughs> and then say uh, no more. You know we we, we shoot the shoot the band. Mm-hmm. About a week later, comes time to edit the the video. So I go over to his apartment. And he has like a really nice office in his apartment, where you know with a nice computer for editing. And we sat there and we cut the video together and. I I worked with them ever since because, you know, you just can't not like the guy, I, you know. <laughs> I I and that that's honestly that's what we did that spring is we kept going out and shooting bands with our cameras. Now you actually I bought a Canon XL two myself. You caved in. Yeah, and I, I I bought my dream camera because I got to see the loan money. So I'm like yeah, I'll spend fifteen hundred dollars on a camera. Why not? Yeah, so I'm running around with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was a that was a lot of fun. And then he's like, uh, "I'm gonna shoot my feature this year, right? This summer. Will you come out and be one of the camera guys?" I'm like, "Yeah." So here I am. I finished my first semester of film school, and now I'm gonna go work on a feature. And I'm like, "Mind's blowing." Let me guess. Is it is it potpourri? No, no, no. Oh. This is well before potpourri. Oh, this is trust me. Trust me. Yes. Oh, okay, I've seen that. Yes. Did you mention who we're talking about? I did. I did. I said Mr. I Brandon. That's right. Well, I think we all have the same feeling about when we met Brandon, and <laughs> because we've all worked with Brandon, and yes. he's a wonderful person. And he, but you worked with him on quite a few shows, didn't you? Like yeah. Let's see. Uh, first of all, uh, in harm's way, you were the executive producer, right? Yep. And um, uh, American Rescue Squad, uh, Rise Against the Fall. 
Yep, that was with Brandon as well. That, and yes, me, me and Landon were we we were the bad guys. We were, in that. Yes. We were like, that's a lot of fun to be a bad guy. Yeah, we were bad guys. He really <laughs> wanted to kill me though. He wasn't joking. Oh. He wasn't playing. <laughs> I get to be mean to Mike Borka though. That was fun. Well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I see something on the shelf over there. Yeah. Is that a? Oh, is that the... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Let me was, uh, uh, the uh, American... Oh, yeah. So the, at the time... Well, now it's called American Rescue Squad, but it used to be called Problem Solving the Republic. The Republic mm-hmm. uh, written and, uh, I believe, directed, or at least produced by Elliot Davini of Davini Pictures. Yes. So this is his big baby. Uh, took him about, uh, what, a oh, year or two yes. to, to finish? Yeah. But a full yes. feature about... Well, you you guys tell us. Uh, you You know a bit more about... Uh, problem solved in the Republic American Rescue Squad. It's a hilarious film. If I'm in a bad mood, <laughs> I'll put that movie on just to laugh, even though I've seen yeah. it a few times. Um, yeah, so that was a, it's a fun movie. I, I think it, it it was a lot of fun to make. It, it was when politics were fun, too. And the I mean, songs are so catchy, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, it, it's a political, like, music Satire. musical. Yeah, satire with uh, with superheroes. Yes, <laughs> and I and singing. And I remember hearing <laughs> the about the welfare it. man right here. Oh, yeah. that's right. I came in for a day and I did a little tap tap yeah. Uh, shoe. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I, you know, I had to miss a job because of that one. <laughs> <laughs> like you do, it happens. I think, I, happens, I, think right? I might have yeah. even gotten fired from a job for that one. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> but it was worth it. <laughs> yes, I've done that for auditions before. Not getting fired, but going to. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. Uh, yeah, hearing about that one though. That one in particular was like, uh, yeah, we're we're gonna do this feature. And then I'm like, all right, well, you guys are gonna do another feature. You just did two. Uh, and they're like, yeah, yeah, we're we're gonna do another one. But. Uh, we want you to play this role, the taxpayer. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll play, I'll play whatever. <laughs> All right, I don't care. This is a pretty significant role. I didn't yes. know that until yes. he sent me the yes. script, and I'm, I'm reading the script, going, Dang. fucking taxpayers. This <laughs> like, it's like I don't like do more than two, three lines. I like, it was, yeah, yeah. It's like I can handle it, like two lines, but fuck, man, they. It's like I this is some real, this is some real actor stuff. Yeah, I love right. It. So, right. <laughs> I, I gotta like. I gotta memorize all this. Like, oh shit! How much and and when 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 I'm not speaking or on screen, they're talking about me. I'm like, what what is going on? I started a few rumors about you. Well, that's good because there's a lot out there. So, <laughs> which ones did you start? I've only uh, heard the bad ones myself. Yeah, those are the ones I made up. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, but let's talk about finding Jimmy. Okay, here's the poster oh. right here. Yeah, tell me about finding Jimmy. Because what I, I, my, my my advice for for anybody is get out and talk to your local film community. Hmm. Go to all the functions you can. Go to network because that that is the result of net uh, networking. I was at uh, one of the Z Fests, which is a local film festival in in Minnesota where, you know, a lot of like the talented people in our community come together and they make a seven minute short. Well, I was uh, producing a music video that uh, was showing at Z-Fest when they still did music videos. And 
you know, I was there with my team, and we're at the after party, after the, after the show, and after the awards, we're at the cantina on the fourth floor of uh, MOA. And we're sitting up there, and we're all sitting at our table, and I'm like, guys, we, we got to go out and like talk to these other teams. I mean, some of these guys, they, they made great films. And I, I think uh, it was Ryan Beck and Brian Turk had made uh, Lambent Fuse. I, I think that was the name of the, yeah, the short. Yeah, really, really, really funny. I, I thought it was really funny. So I made it a point to go over and talk to them. And I go to talk to them, and Ryan just happened to be telling a story, and he backed up, and he stepped on my foot. And I'm like, oh, no. dude. And I'm like, hey, just want to introduce myself. I'm Jimmy. I, I did this over here. I liked what you guys did over here. And the more I talked to him and Brian, they're like, we, we might have something for you. And I'm like, for me? I've not even mentioned that I act at all to you guys, but I'm like, all right. Uh, the right. shoe fits. Right. Yeah. yeah, well, if the I shoe get, fits, I mean. A few weeks later, I, I get a, <laughs> I get a, you know, an email with a script, and it's for Finding Jimmy, and I'm like, I'm reading the script going, oh, this guy's kind of a fucking nerd, which I'm not. <laughs> I'm not at all a nerd. Not at all. In my, in my opinion, I'm not a nerd. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, uh, yeah, I, 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 I love the script, but can we call it anything else? Yeah, I mean, call my character any other name but Jimmy. And like, yeah, we'll see if you get the part. I'm like, oh, shit, I don't even have the part yet. Yeah. <laughs> I've talked this is for the part me. of myself. Like, never what? assume. Yeah, never exactly. assume. Right? <laughs> so I, I show up to uh, to my audition, which was actually uh, more more of a screen test with uh, Carrie Ann Craighead, oh, who I'm plays uh, opposite of me in Finding Jimmy. And I, I worked with Carrie Ann in Problem Solving Republic, Loved her part yeah. in that. Yeah. Yes. Loved is this her right here? Yeah. Am I, is that right? That's Carrie Ann? I mean, I yeah. even recognize her from just the drawing. Yeah, so. that, that is Carrie Ann. <laughs> I think she's hosting her radio now in Rochester, isn't she? Yeah, that's oh, the last really? I heard. Yes, she's on a radio. Radio so, in Rochester. Yes. So, okay, so I've worked with Carrie Ann and uh, Brandon, of course, and, uh, well, I've worked with... Uh, Ryan Beckin and uh, Brian Turek also. Yes. So all, gr all great. You were in people. their Z Fest last year. That's yes. right. Yes. 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 So. In so place what, of me. Well, what was that? <laughs> well, listen, man. I told them your rate, and they were like, "We can't spend two thousand yeah. dollars a day, okay? We can't it, listen, and we can't afford, you know, to have all this like these drugs on set. We can't afford yeah. to have, you know, the strippers, all these things, right? When, when you have set, there are there are. Yeah. Very, very good. A lot of contractors. There's a lot, a lot of things that keep me up and keep me down. And keep it. And he has to be just so yeah. in order to work. So, to so there to perform. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, but but what was that experience like uh, with finding Jimmy? Then like when you finally did do the the role with those guys. Oh man, it, it was like nothing I I'd never experienced with because I'd never worked with these guys before. Yeah. So I show up on set the first day, and they have like camera tracks set up. You know, for doing dolly shots, and I'm like, the fuck am I? Like, <laughs> the, guy, the guys I worked yeah. with before, I mean, they're, they're using like skateboards and shit. Like, these guys have like gear. The secret is out. It and was we're, a skateboard. We're, we're, shutting, was a we're skateboard. shutting down a gas station for, for my opening shot. We're shutting down a gas station. <laughs> People need to buy gas. Like, you can't just shut down gas stations. And <laughs> actually, you can, and they did. Yeah, That's fair. And, and they you, totally did. 
And I, I was blown away by that. Like, for little me, they're shutting down a gas station. Okay. Um, yeah, and it, <laughs> it, it, it was a lot I've of fun. Always dreamed of. What, 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 I say, uh, what I say about <laughs> um, Finding Jimmy is, what's weird is the guys that played my friends, I'd never met them before. But the people that were kind of like my enemies or my antagonists, they were all my friends. Because <laughs> Shannon's in there, Doug Sidney's in there, you know. Me and Doug, were, we were in... Um, potpourri together i mean we we had a, a scene together you know me and shannon we were our best friends and we had uh the legendary scene in steel vengeance yeah together i mean <laughs> so yeah all these other guys like i'd never met and i never really were i wasn't on camera with them until i think the second or third night because we we did it mostly like shooting at night yeah we, we didn't i don't think we did any day stuff and it was just kind of fun to go around St. Paul and shoot. But what sucked, though, is I was also moving at the same time. Like, the first day, I was moving into my new apartment. And I, like, the movers, I got done unloading the truck. I had about an hour of downtime, and then I had to leave. <laughs> so, it was, a, it was a very, very long day. And I saw, I would, the movers, they just moved my furniture. I saw boxes. Oh, boy. So after I get done shooting, I'd go over to my old house and grab boxes. Moonlighting. Yeah. <laughs> oh. But I, I, I remember it, it premiered like it was done. We're wrapped. It's done. It premieres at a camp bar downtown oh, St. Paul. Oh, that's a fun place. Yeah. Yeah. If it's still yeah. around. Yeah, I think I think so. I, yeah. It might have survived. It's, it's got a, a, a two bars in it, uh, like yeah. a theater for like uh, cabaret yeah. shows. Yeah, and, and that's like where that. I was. It was back yeah. in the theater. Yeah. Yes, I had no idea it was a gay bar. And to me, I, I, I didn't, yeah. I, I didn't either. I didn't either. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I just did this. Just and, and to well, me, I really like, didn't, though. <laughs> and, and really, to me. Well, let it slide. Yeah, yeah. I, I've, been, I've been back. One one other time since, and I'm like, yeah, just it's a fucking bar. I'm like, who, who cares? You right, know, right. <laughs> you know, it's a place to drink. And yeah, that that's where it premiered. And I remember just looking around, going, yeah, hey, we we did it. I mean, people are laughing. It's pretty so, awesome. Yeah, yeah. And I I, I love it. <laughs> I I you know it's long. It it's a little long for a short. 45 minutes. I, mean, oh, I think sweet. even Ryan will tell you that. Where he's like, ah, I want to cut it down a little bit, but I don't know what to cut. But, man, it was a lot of fun, and it was a lot of fun to, like, get that experience. Yeah. And, yeah, work with that new crew. Definitely network and work with new people if you can. Because hmm. I've, I've since moved on to work with other crews, too, and it, it's been so much fun. Hmm. And so did when you were getting into your career, did you feel like you... Were you looking for it, or did it just kind of fall into your lap a little it bit? It fell. It totally fell into my lap. Interesting. Because huh. I, I was working on Trust Me with Brandon, and I was only on for like a weekend as a camera guy, and I think one day I, did, I ran the boom mic. Um, and then I, I didn't come back until like later on, like months later. He called me up randomly because we, you know, we weren't that close then. And he's like, I got a part for you, and trust me. And I'm like, part? I'm not an actor. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so, but I can me, be if the money's right. right? Yeah. Right? <laughs> and he, he has me play this uh, this cop 
So I, I play this cop, and trust me, and I'm like, okay, I, I can do this. You, you can see it too. Like the, the first shot is a, the first shot that we, we shot is the first shot of me on camera too, is a pretty much a POV of my face. And you can see when this apartment door opens, my eyes just get really big. Because I am terrified that I'm <laughs> gonna that? I'm gonna mess up. I'm gonna forget my line. Oh, you know, it's yeah. one line, and it's like, blah blah blah. I'm so and so. Here's my card. And I pull out <laughs> a fucking card out of my pocket. All right. End end of my little scene. And how many takes did it oh, do to get that? Probably four or five. Okay. Not you know, bad. Yeah. Oh, I did finding... 17 one time. Yeah. yeah. Did you really? Yeah. Finding Jimmy. My normal. <laughs> I, there, there, were, there were a few scenes where I, I could not remember my lines at all. I don't know what it was that day. I just could not remember them. And it's like, I felt bad to the point where I think they had to write them down. Cue <laughs> cards. Yeah. They had to give Never me cue cards. <laughs> because I'm like, I cannot remember this line of dialogue. And it sucks that I... You know, you, when you get in that moment where you mm. just can't remember. Like, why do we hire this guy again? Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of pressure, right? Especially, you're like, you're like, okay, I showed up to set. I looked at the lines like yeah. two minutes ago. Why can't I remember the line? <laughs> well, with, with PSR, the, the way I did it was is yeah. I wrote all the phone on note cards. <laughs> and there was a day where my, my stuff was split up over, like, multiple scenes. So, like, we had, like, a little break while we brought in another actor to act with me. So I would run these lines, and I'd memorize this section, say my lines, and then I, after we're done with scene, I'd toss the card away. Like, I don't need right. this anymore. Yep, and, yeah. I'd be like, and then I picked them up at the end, so I kept them as a souvenir. Can I sold them on eBay, right? No. I could. You'd probably buy them. You'd probably buy them. <laughs> yeah, I would. Here, Mr. Gibbs. Here, wow. sir. So All let's right. let's so let's we've talked a little bit about your your executive producing career and your acting career, but let's talk a little bit more about um, your uh, work in the brewery field. Uh, oh yeah, and and your hist uh, your knowledge of history within breweries around the Twin Cities and yeah, yeah. I got I got lucky in 2015, I got hired by uh, Flat Earth Brewing. It's okay. That was a guitar. Live. That, that was, was just my guitar. It's <laughs> like a guitar falling over. Just the uh, guitar fell over. Yeah. But, uh, if you want a song and dance, if you want to, <laughs> so we're gonna let Landon hold it for now. Oh wow! <laughs> oh boy! There you go. Um, so so was when you got into uh, when you started working at Flat Earth Brewery, and I think we knew each other before you yes. started working there, right? Totally. Yes. yes. Yeah. By, yes, by what that set did you two meet on, or how did you two meet? Um, no, we met at um, Ellie Davini's. Okay. Yeah, um, I think so. We or was it Sure Shot? Was it Sure no, Shot? No, no, no. It was Davini's. That's when I met Landon, I think. Yeah. No, I wasn't on Sure Shot. And it wasn't. We weren't even shooting anything that day, or maybe we were shooting something and we'd wrap. All I know is that there was another Elliot in the house. Uh oh. And, and <laughs> Elliot Squared, is that like Elliot Squared? That's yeah. it, yeah. Elliot 1, two, uh, one T, Elliot 2 T's, is yep. that what they said? Yeah. yeah. Still confuses me. The Vinny's parents, they, they had a, a nice piano, and you sat down at the piano and started playing. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, this guy, this guy knows what he's doing. This guy, this guy can play. <laughs> well, let's not go that far. <laughs> I don't know. This, this guy can play. So, yeah, that, that was like the first time I met you. And then, like, you, you moved to L.A. for a bit, 
And then you, you came back, and I, th- I think it was for, like, Z-Fest or something. One of, one of the screenings for maybe Z-Fest, you ended up, we ended up sitting next to each other. That's right. And I That's just right. saw you in a, on an episode of Modern Family, like, not too <laughs> previous to that. And I gave you shit. I'm like, oh, yeah, here I am watching one of my favorite shows, and who fucking shows up on... My favorite show, but you. This guy. Now it's Friggin ruined. It's this ruined. Guy. I can't watch it anymore. Yeah, that's it. That's what everyone says. Just to say. Yeah, it just ruined. It, it just, just ruined. ruined the whole thing. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I remember that. That was that was fun. Well, and we, you and I, we've always kind of frequented like uh, the Twin Cities Film Festival here. Yes. We we had, yeah. There's a, I think there's probably two years in a row that uh, we would sneak into the VIP room at Twin Cities Film Festival. <laughs> and like that's take right. That's yeah. right. We've yeah. done that a few times. Yeah. We're just like, like you do. And Jaden and Bill and, and and Danny are just like, why do we keep inviting yeah. these guys? Why the hell do they keep coming back? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a bad penny, right? Yeah. I, right. I, exactly. I, I think I think this time around, because I mean, we we went through COVID and everything, and we we couldn't have the 2020. I I'll, I'll buy my way in this year, but 2019. Yeah, I might have been in the VIP room <laughs> talking about, yeah, yeah, both those guys, uh, you know, in the VIP, and they had to have known. They had to. Oh, they, had they to knew. Know. They knew. They're just like, whatever. We're they're too tired. Blind eye. Yeah, they're like, we're too tired. We can't yeah. anymore. You know? <laughs> Security thinks we're crying wolf. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. But yeah, I mean, we would hang out there, and then you know, when when I got the job at the brewery. We started doing live music, and I, I hired you out to do live music. That's right, yes, and, and I appreciate you, that. You thing. came out to play for us a few times. Yeah, you played one of one of my parties there. That's right. Yeah, we played your, your birthday, right? Yeah. Yeah, your, your birthday party. I loved it. Yep. Yeah, that was so much fun. Hey, guys, this is Jimmy Keebs, and I'm proud to be on the Artist Journey podcast with my pals Elliot and Landon. I'll be talking about my journey in film, along with my journey through the brewing industry. So please stick around and listen. Well, yeah, just just in uh, what's the say? Hookers and blow? No. Yeah. <laughs> so um, okay, so um, yes, so I got to know you even better then, and we had seen each other in two different markets at that point. It was yeah. like. We had seen each other in the film industry and then now in the brewing yeah. industry. And you taught me a lot about the process of brewing. And you've yeah. taken me through a lot of the tours there at, um, uh, at at Flat Earth Brewing Company back in the day, which is now St. Paul Brewing. Yep. Uh, and then also at Eleven Wells Distillery, which is right across the street. Yep. And now, yeah, that's not where, where I'm at on, like, Friday nights. I'm usually at Eleven Wells. I, I give tours. And I, I really, I don't know that much about distilling. So, what I do you know, you me when you gave me the tour. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I try to like give the gist of it. What, I, what I do know, what I do know though is the history of those buildings, and that's really what's drawn me back is those buildings. Those are historic buildings that they're part of the Hams Brewery complex. Uh, some of the oldest buildings go back to 1865. You that's know. That's awesome. Hams ran for a hundred years before it was sold off, and now I think it's brewed by uh, Molson Coors. I think that is the the main name. I think at one time it was Miller Coors, and you can still buy hams today, which pretty much all I drink these days. 
you know, I am a big uh, local craft beer fan. I, I am. But, man, there's nothing better than a cold hams while I'm sitting in my pool. You have a pool? I should have brought. I have a pool. I should have thought what? to bring hams tonight. I can't believe I didn't have hams. Well, I was gonna bring hams, but you said he had beer, so that's why I'm <laughs> drinking. Like, I had beer. beer. I didn't have yellow. hams. You know, I have a. I love um, hams as a beer, but I also have a little experience like within the old brewery there or the old uh, building downtown St. Paul. Yeah, uh, working when I worked at Vucre and uh, yeah, in the, interesting. In the ham building. Yes. The, in the ham building. Yep. Yes, which yes. the ham family built. Oh man, when did they build that? Uh, I'd have to look up the year. It was early, early 1900s, yeah. and yeah, it, it. I think that's the only property they they still own. Really? Huh. Yes, I think they they only own that building. So, do you have any like uh, tidbits of historical facts that happened with like Hams and the Schmidt Brewery or any yeah, of those so that you'd like to share? When when Ham took over the brewery in 1865. He got it as collateral. He put up collateral to a guy named Keller. Keller was going to go chase the gold rush. Well, Keller died. Oh, boy. Well, Ham knows nothing about brewing beer. So, <laughs> Ham sends for a guy that he knew in Germany named Jacob Schmidt. Jacob Schmidt becomes his brewer. And the families live together. They run the brewery together until about eight, the mid-1880s where the families have a falling out. Basically overnight, Schmidt and his family, they move out. And later on, Schmidt starts his brewery, Schmidt Brewing, down off of West 7. Ham keeps his going. They, they're competitors now. And they, they run their breweries, you know, just fine, but separate. One other thing that I, I always like to point out is that there's the Ham's kidnapping, which mm. I, I bring up and people are like, what, what is that? And yeah, like, what well, is that? Tell us about that. So what people don't know is that St. Paul was a haven during Prohibition for gangsters. So basically what you could do is you, if you were a criminal, you could come into St. Paul as long as you checked in with the local police, you were free. They weren't going to arrest you. You just couldn't commit any crimes in St. Paul. Huh. You're free to do whatever you wanted, you know, drink, do whatever, gamble, whatever you wanted to do. Just don't commit crimes here. Hmm. All right, well, prohibition ends. So a lot of these bank robbers, you know, bootleggers, they need a way to make money. Well, they're kidnapping. Well, kidnap people. So I think it's uh, June 15th, 1934. William Ham is walking to his house. His house is up on Greenbrier, up, up the hill from where Mile Brewery, St. Paul Brewing, is now. Um, there's a big mansion that sits on what is now Sweet Hollow Park. Okay. There was a big mansion up there. Well, he cuts across the street at Minnehaha and Greenbrier which is now the alleyway to get into St. Paul Brewing. Um, he crosses the street. Somebody goes, excuse me, Mr. Ham? Yeah, that's me. And they bundled him off into a car. Oh, boy. And kidnapped him. They had him write a ransom letter for $100,000. Wow. And he named his sales manager as the recipient. He knew he would do right by him. Hey, yep. 
They held him first in Wisconsin, then in Illinois. Mm. I think it was after like four days they finally re- released him. The, the sales manager was told, here's what you're going to do. You're going to drive this car with no doors on it, the red light hanging in it so we can see that nobody's in there. You're going to drive north on Highway 61 until a car flashes their lights at you. Then you're going to stop. You're going to leave the briefcase in the middle of the road. You're going to turn around and go back. So he gets just south of Pine City, my hometown. <laughs> gets flashed by the lights. Puts the briefcase down drives back. And then they released him around like Wyoming, Minnesota, just north of here. Unharmed. But he was changed forever. He, uh, he was a very outgoing guy before that, but he was more of a recluse afterwards. That would do it to you. Wow. One of the guys that got put up on trial was originally from my hometown. Oh, really? <laughs> so it's like it kind of I kind of got to point my finger and go, yeah, it was probably you. It's a bad boy town. <laughs> yeah. Watch out for them Pine City boys. Hey, if, you, if you guys want to know more about the Hamps kidnapping, my, my friends Bick and Cynthia Smith do a tour Saturday and Sunday in downtown St. Paul. They do a gangster tour. Oh, wow. Called uh, Sin City Tours. Um, yes. S Y N City Tours that you can go check out. I, I took the first one on Easter Sunday. Loved it. Blown away by the amount of like scum and sleaze. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. Like you do. <laughs> just that That's ooze. how we do things here. <laughs> You should just uh, ooze to the city of St. Paul. Yeah. Uh, well, can I get you some scum and some yeah. sleaze, please? Right. <laughs> I, I, I highly recommend taking their tour because, hmm. man. And who is this again, though? This is Bick and Cynthia Smith. Okay. Mainly Cynthia. Cynthia came up with it, and I think Bick is now doing a lot of, like, the extra tours because they have so many. Um, so, Jimmy, the... One thing that I've learned, and I'm a South Dakota boy coming in, yeah. right? So I'm not a Minnesota boy at heart, but I have a, I am a Minnesota boy Minnesota because boy? I love yes. Minnesota. Born and raised. Where, where from? <laughs> Faribault, Minnesota. Oh, South. Yes. Okay. Ooh, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Is there some sort of discrimination happening here? Because oh, yeah. the way you said that, it was like, oh, I'm from the North. To, to, the South. To me, <laughs> Minnesota Animosity is, is, real. is the Twin Cities... Up 35 to Duluth. That's that's it. That's Minnesota to Oh, me. wow. <laughs> so I don't exist. Everything, everything, else, everything else is extra. But wait, I thought there was a discrimination between, like, Minneapolis and St. Paul. Oh, it was there, like this there, there is. There, there's... But what is that? I don't, I've never understood so it. So I, I, I didn't understand it until I, I lived in St. Paul. And I worked in St. Paul. There definitely, there definitely is. I, I, I don't know what it is. It's just... I think it's a younger crowd, yeah. maybe in Minneapolis as opposed to St. Paul. I don't know, but there is there is, is, is it, a rivalry between the two cities. Is it like a is it like a college thing or is it like a no. high school or a I don't team know. thing or a? Huh. There's just a rivalry. <laughs> I I don't know. Maybe St. Paul's more blue collar. Minneapolis isn't, but I don't know. I, I know St. Paul's like nightlife is a lot more quiet. And, you know, there's not a lot of like clubs or anything downtown. Where St. Paul has like more clubs, yeah, a lot plus, more nightlife, yeah. and yeah, you know, yeah. 
Right, right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Yes. Well, yeah, there, there is a different vibe between the two cities. You know, Minneapolis is kind of like up and coming, new age, yeah. modern, hipster vibe, you know, with mixed with a little, of course, with corporate yeah. world as well. And right. of course, the teams of yeah. twins and Vikings. But yeah, St. Paul is more of like, it's historic. It's like what, when the settlers came in, they first built the city here, right? I, yeah. On this side of the river. And and the river does separate. When right now, as we're recording yeah. this, we are literally on the Mississippi. again, by the way. We're literally on the Mississippi River yeah. and where the two divides are. Yep. Yeah. Um, which is why I love this where, area. But You know, you cross the bridge out here, it's a totally different place. Oh, yeah. Yes. It's, I, I, that's how I felt. It, it's, 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 yeah, you see it. Yeah, you it's see it. totally different. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know why it's different. It just feels different. Yeah. <laughs> it just is. It's I, I, I don't know. For me, I, I, I always said when, when I moved down, it's like, you never want to live in Minneapolis. I always want to live St. Paul, Roseville, that area. Uh, maybe that's just where I, I moved down to Roseville, and I kind of just know that area the best. Yes. Or Minneapolis, even though I, I, I worked in around Minneapolis for 20 years, I still don't know a lot about uh, it. Yeah, and I it's went to school city. there too. Yeah, yeah it, it is definitely bigger. It is a lot bigger than St. Paul. But So when you went to MCT, so were you living in Roseville and then just yeah. commuting and stuff for yep. your classes? Okay. Commuted at night school. Oh, okay. In rush hour. Oh, wow. And Lucky a car that did God. not run well. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> in <overheat>. winter. Yeah. <laughs> or during the summer, it would overheat. <laughs> or get close to overheating and be like, I don't know how to fix that, nor do I have the money, but we're just gonna hope that traffic moves so the engine cools. Yeah. yeah, please. <laughs> Listen to the Artist Dirty Podcast. This is Jimmy Keep, where we'll be talking about all the ins and outs in the Minnesota film industry. Well, sometimes so, you have to do that. So, you had already had. A little bit of experience on sets before MCTC, or just shooting no, your band well, videos. No, my just my videos. Okay. So then, when you went to MCTC, but by my by my second semester, yeah, I'd already been on a set. Okay. I'd so already you kind of had, yeah. Okay. So, um, how would you describe from like what you learned at MCTC versus what you learned out in the field? On different sets like was it a lot more uh, when you're actually out there and doing it yes. and seeing it be done is it a lot make it a lot more like um, like oh my gosh I can't believe I'm here like does yeah. it explain it better than stuff you can actually see yes. done in a classroom that's that's a great question and yeah totally that but that's how I learn mm-hmm. I learn by doing yep. where Same a lot of a lot of our coursework was a lot of instructional where all right, we're gonna edit videos, we're gonna do this or that. And I'm like, but I wanna learn how to light a scene and we we don't have very many classes on lighting anything and it just that's just kinda how that how my program was. The program changed after I left. Where a lot of like the, the younger crop, I I point at them, the the folks that came after me, they're they're the guys. They're they're the people that I go, these are the guys you wanna hire. Hmm. And that, those are your, you know, Anthony Cousins and, you know. So the program yeah. has since changed from yeah, your time totally. when you were there. 
But um, I, I learned a lot working on sets. So yeah. that was almost a teacher in itself, yeah. being firsthand, seeing it done. Yeah, like uh, the one thing I, I really credit, like me learning about lighting. I, I can't light a scene <laughs> by myself, but I, I definitely understand it. Was uh, working on Masquerade, which you were in. Oh yes, we, we were filming Jennifer at, Prettyman. Yeah, we were filming at the nineties. Yes, yeah. What's up? And working with with the guys that were lighting. Justin you know, Shack. He was from UCLA. He went to film school in yep. UCLA. He, he was uh, Steven shooting Spielberg it. Went, I think. Yeah. And then there were there were two other guys. I forget their name. They they were the guys lighting. The Brian scene. Nelson was one of them. I think. No, no, I don't think no. so. Hmm. No, one was an older guy, but I remember oh, work, yep. working with those guys, and I I'd since worked it with those guys on like other sets, and just blown away by their knowledge of what they're doing and explaining like why they need to do this or that, and and it probably helps when you can actually see the difference in front of yeah. you if they put one gel over it, and like oh no, we need the yeah. shadow a little more over here. And then they do another yeah. setup. You can actually visually see it, so that's probably a lot more effective yeah. way to learn it than reading it in a book. Yep. Mm -hmm. Or even you yeah. know being on set yeah. with uh, you know guys like I, I say again Anthony Cousins, who I ended up working with quite a bit, and understanding like okay why we're shooting things the way we're shooting it, you know, why are we you know we're shooting it over shoulder here or we're. You know, we're going to do a wide here. Why are we going to shoot at this angle or this, that angle? I, I really like that. I, I like that part of it more than anything. I don't care about acting. I really don't. I never wanted to be an actor. It just kind of... Me either. Sprung up. It just sprung up and, you know... I'm, Nobody I'm, does. I'm, I'm, happy, I'm happy to do it. But, man, just being there. Being there and watching this stuff happen. It, it's like magic itself. Yeah, it's way, way more fun for me. So, <laughs> you know, I, I got I got lucky with that with the in arms way because that was my role. Yeah, is I I was the smallest executive producer. I was the smallest amount of money. It wasn't a lot. <laughs> I I bought basically my credit. That was it. Like, my, <laughs> and then I I had like a a couple of scenes, you know. But mainly when I I'd be on set, I was just there to hang out. And I had way more fun doing that. <laughs> yeah. You know, and crafty is good. Gotta love the craft. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Drinking all the bottled water I could. <laughs> and then uh that was you. Yeah. Like, God, I'm staying real hydrated. This is great. There's not even beer right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Okay, can you tell me something though? I want to know about your experience because I loved you in, arm, in, in harm's way, but I loved you even more in Steel Vengeance. Yes, I was going to ask. And about that. here's a picture of Jimmy. Uh, on, he's the cover. Yeah. Hey, you know this guy? He's the Let cover. This is Chris Critterbaki. Oh, okay. And we were actually in film school together. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we've never like worked on a set other than acting together. <laughs> um, Oh. Yeah, yeah. So I that was the first time I had ever seen you on screen, and I was like, "This guy's fucking brilliant!" Like, because you're not acting; you're just being I'm who just, you are. You just don't care about <laughs> yeah. one. So that that was another one that was in between uh, Harms, and then we did a bunch of stuff during the summer, leading up to the premieres of Popery and Harms. 
like we were, we're shooting All web 67? series. Yeah, I, I wasn't involved in that, but yeah, they were doing stuff like that. The fake movie trailers. Okay. And yep. um, Ryan Shanley and I think it was Aaron Piccola, mm-hmm. who's our makeup artist, yep. they wrote that. And Ryan Shanley, great effects artist in town, he directed it. And they had me started. I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll do this. And it's kind of cool. You know, it's just a little, like, <laughs> short little thing. It's Living a, my superhero dream. And, yeah, right. <laughs> but the, the thing that, hung, you know, I got hung up on was there, there was a sex scene. Oh, boy. And the person they cast for the sex scene is Shannon McKenna, who's... <laughs> it's like your my, best friend, Yeah, right? my best friend in the world. <laughs> And how, how was that? Was that awkward? Was that a conversation where you're like, hey, well, Shannon, what's up? <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, okay, we got to go do this. Yeah. <laughs> well, I pick her up, and I, I drive her to set because we we got to go shoot this scene. <laughs> and it's like, Not oh, that act. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It, yeah, it's awkward. We'll just get through it, whatever. <laughs> and it's not that big of a deal. I mean... <laughs> people are like are you going to get around and I'm like no 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 there's seven people watching me there's at least one camera on me <laughs> there's lights everywhere no there's oh. none of that it's just let's just get it done hmm. so we can move on because we we had to shoot other stuff that day oh, really? yeah. <laughs> so, so it's like let's keep moving like, like knock out this little bedroom scene so yes. I can move on because I, I think there was another bedroom scene after that <laughs> wow where, You're a busy man. Where wow. I, I just had to like stand in the mirror and pretend to drink whiskey. It's a lot of work in that hard work. While women threw <laughs> their underwear at me. Um, Wait, what? Yeah. What happened? Okay, okay. well, I'll skip through it. Yeah. 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 Oh. <laughs> Anyways, um, so when you when you started to get involved with the industry, I always like to ask people because I know for as long as I've been doing this, fifteen plus years, like. It, does it ever take away from the magic and the make-believe when you see how things are done? Like when you're watching a movie or a TV show on the big screen, are you looking at the stuff that's going on out of the camera's view? Or are you just able to tune in as an mm-hmm. audience member and enjoy it? Hmm. No, I, I can definitely enjoy things at an audience level still. That's and and I, I will enjoy, but then I'll go back and go... Well, I wonder how they did that. Oh, I okay. Well, I bet yeah they did it this way, and I that's kind of what I like to do. You know, usually when when I'm watching something, I after I get done watching, I have IMDb IMDb pulled up, and I'm reading the trivia on it, like trying to Me figure too. out. Me too. I love yeah, doing that. Yeah, trying to figure out like maybe there's some insight in here to why characters and why why they did why, why they did this and that. That I've always liked. And I've been reading IMDb for almost 20 years, you know, just trying to figure out, you know, all the ins and outs of making movies. Mm. And even after that, yeah, none of the magic's gone. I can still totally be sucked in by something and go, wow, that that was really believable. I wonder if that... Awesome. That's good to hear. Yeah. I wonder if that was real world or... (laughs) You know, I knew, was there any CGI on that? Yeah. And sometimes I'll be like, oh, yeah, that was CGI. And then I'll learn, like, no, no. That no, was, it wasn't. That was real. That I was, like wow. to still see if things are actually shot on real film. Yeah. The, the thing that, that I've done that's blown, you know, still blows me away is in 
PSR, I get shot in the deck, uh, shot, shot in the neck with a dart. Yep, at the yep. And I know <laughs> how that was done. <laughs> there, there was already a dart glued to my neck, and I had to whip my neck like that. Yeah. But it looks like I really got shot in the neck with a dart. Yeah. And I, I it's camera trickery. They and did I, like the flash pan, right? Where yeah. It was, like, it was yeah. quick. Yes. And I whip my neck and. And then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I had this neck, this dart in my neck, and I'm like, ah. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's it's fun to actually see how it's done, though. Because, yeah. I mean, when I watch movies like that, too, I'm always like, I, I know how they did that. Yeah. It's kind of fun. So you've gotten a chance to see both the on behind the camera and, and to be in front of it. Yeah. And to understand kind of like how both worlds work. Yeah. Yeah. What, what about, like, the business side of of the film industry. I mean, what would you say for like independent upcoming young artists mm. that want to be actors, musicians, singers, songwriters, you know, just creatives, if they're going to come to twin, the Twin Cities area, I mean, what would you say, you know, going forward? Oh, network. Network, network, network. network. Go out to everything you can. Talk to everybody you can. Introduce yourself. Don't be afraid to share what you've done. Don't don't be afraid, you know, because chances are people have done worse. So <laughs> just share what you've done. Hey, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's next, to, it's next to these guys. <laughs> they're, they're All of the above, right? Yes. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> no. But but that's so so. Uh, I love that you said that, Jimmy. Thank you, because uh, I think the main thing, like what you're trying to say, is just like we all had to start from somewhere. We're all coming into this fresh network. Just it doesn't yeah. matter if you've, you know, maybe it was your first movie that you produced. Go out there and promote yeah. it. Tell people about yeah. it. Get people excited. Be be excitable. Be excited in them. Be excited in yourself. Because be excited to share it. Be yeah. excited to share because it is well, exciting, you know. If to, I had networked, our, you know, in the beginning, I would have never met Brandon. Yeah. If I would have said, no, fuck you guys, I'm leaving. You know, I'm not going to shoot your band. You already got a guy. If I would have never met him, chances are I would still just be filming live bands yeah. to this day. That would have been it. You wouldn't you know, be here I, talking to I, us. I, I, mean. I, I, I totally, I, I give Brandon a lot of credit for that. And I, I hope that he knows that because I've told him that. I hope he remembers that. Um, but also, like, even after that, like, going out and mean, meeting, you know, Ryan Beck and, and you know, these guys. And I, I've taken meetings with other people, you know, that were, like, looking for help, you know, with a screenplay or this or that. And I, I've sat down with them and, like, you know, had a beer or two with them, read their script, even did a polish on their script and sent it back to them. You know, that can also turn into something, too. I mean, it's just what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely don't be afraid to talk to people. Mm-hmm. And that, that's how I, you know, I meet other people that I've worked in with ZFest stuff with. And... Yeah, I, it just I makes think sense. Uh, social media plays a big part in it as well. Yeah, I, I don't share as much as I used to uh, with projects that I worked on. You know, maybe I, I got bad at that. In, in the early days of Facebook, especially when we, we were releasing like the trailer for Potpourri and In Harm's Way and PSR, I would sit on my desktop computer with the chat function open for Facebook and I would just bomb everybody <laughs> on my Facebook that was online yep. <laughs> with the link to the trailer 
just so they'd watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I, I, I tend not to do that because I don't need to do that. Yeah. We're, I think we're, we're we, we got a good hold right now locally that I think people are going to notice us. You know, we, we got a good following. You know, it could be a little better. Uh, I mean, it's not, we don't have millions of people following us, but it's enough that people are going to watch our stuff and hopefully share it around. And So what do you think, like, is the reason for that? I mean, do you think it's the tax incentive that Minnesota hasn't been getting, or is it that we're just not as big of a, you know, uh, city as ne- well, to match up next to Chicago. We don't have a union, right? No, so it, it. A lot of it is that that tax incentive. The tax incentive. It, it yeah. really is. I mean, you you look at a lot of movies that, you know, a lot of TV shows that we've lost. Yep. Um, because we don't have that incentive. Mm-hmm. Fargo. I Fargo's a TV show now, where some of it's supposed to take place in Minnesota. It's not shot here. It's not Canada. Really? Um, You know, and it's been like that for years. Mm -hmm. Where even movies that are set partially in Minnesota, they're they're not shot here. And that sucks. You know, and we we just need those tax breaks. Much like, uh, you know, Georgia. Georgia has a great tax incentive. And that's why they're getting... A lot of stuff is filmed there. And I think... uh, I think Alaska's up there now too, where they're they're getting some tax incentives that come up and film. Because the Twin Cities used to produce like the Mighty Ducks and Drop It Gorgeous, Grumpy Old Men, Grumpy Old Men, right, right, Fargo, Fargo, uh, which I, is I like Coen Brothers, that as right? A kid, but I was too. I was a teenager, and they had they wanted people for extras, and mm-hmm. I should have done that. I just yeah. watched Fargo for the first time last week. No way. Yeah, I saw it for the first time like six months ago. Yeah, so, hey, get off us about it, all right? No, I'm not on you. I just, like, I, just, like I, <laughs> I saw it like 16 years ago. <laughs> just you just basically just said, hey, how can you assholes not have seen Fargo? That, well, I wasn't trying to say that, but that was you just said it. Like, <laughs> we can play back the video. That's exactly what you said. That's how I was looking at you. I yeah. was saying, how in the hell? No. Yeah. I, but all those films that used to be have high budgets like big even blockbusters right yeah could could and we used to produce 10 a year here in this mm-hmm. market so what happened there you we, know we lost our tax incentive that's exactly what happened and we we did and you know we we had somebody helping lobby for that who's since passed away uh, bruce miller yes a good friend of mine he psr yep yep he was a lobbyist for uh the farmers union, but he was also helping to lobby to get us the tax incentives, okay. and it just we we don't have them yet. Hopefully one day we will get them. That would be nice. So we we can get these projects like even point like recently like Juno. Um, mm-hmm. that, okay, that's not too recent, but Juno. Um, a few others that. They're, they're set in Minnesota, but they're not shot here hmm. at all. Just because it's cheaper for a production company yeah. to, to shoot in another location. Yeah. Which seems like Minnesota's missing out on a lot of yeah. that revenue. I think Contagion, I think they shot a little bit here, hmm. um, which I highly recommend Contagion. I mean, hmm. 
if you guys were to watch it at the beginning of the pandemic pandemic you'd have been like oh yeah yeah that this is totally like matching up with daily life <laughs> um the d- disease isn't as deadly but it's pretty close yeah hmm Welcome back to the Artist Journey Podcast. This is Jimmy Keeves. Uh, please stick around and listen to more of my stories about my time in the film industry and the brewing industry. So, um, I would just like to get your perspective on... Uh, 2021 coming into this new year and kind of looking back on your own personal life over the last year, year and a half, I know you've had a lot of um, professional and personal changes that yeah. have happened. So uh, 2020 if, sucked. If you're comfortable. But I, 2020, uh, 2021, I am hoping, you know, we're, we're almost halfway through. Halfway through, we're seeing things improve month by month. Hoping that things continue to improve. Who knows what it's going to bring. Film-wise, though, I'm hoping to see definitely our industry reopen. More than what it is. You know, whether I'm involved in anything or not, I just want to see people working. Out there making movies. Hmm. Because that gives me opportunities to go out and, like, promote, you know, so-and-so's film. Because I'll do that, too. I'll go talk about your movie if I need to. Oh, thank you. Not yours. Oh. <laughs> Never yours. Oh, well, well I want to know. Don't cast him. No. Oh, hey. No, no, no. Just because I beat you on that part. No. I want to know the first time you met me. Where was oh, that? Oh, man. And what did you think? That then? was yeah. a potpourri and Max Basement. Yes. Filming uh That was with Sarah French there. Yep. Right? We, I think we had Sarah French on set that day. Which the potpourri oh, set really? was... Fucking wild. Especially if our French was there. <laughs> <laughs> we, we had a keg of beer. Um, so that, was, that was a prop that was real. So we're all fit up our, filling up our glasses all day. I think that was a 20-hour day. Wow. Where that is a long We filmed day. all over that house. But yeah, you were filming in the basement. You and Mike Borka. Brock Dombrowski and yes. uh, Kareem Wazwaz. And Sarah French, yeah. Brandon and Sarah French in a bunch of different scenes. There wasn't all one scene, so. And Ryan Kaiser was there. Yep. Kaiser was there. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was at the t- yeah. Know, his character's passed out at the top he of the He was stairs. a scene in the scene with Sarah French and Mike Borka and myself, yep. Yeah. Way too much fun. <laughs> we had way too much But yeah, I, I remember, you know, meeting you and going, all right, who's this guy? You know. <laughs> And I, I, I knew nothing about you at all. I knew Mike because I I'd cast Mike in some of my MCTC projects. Yeah. You know, for a while, the only two actors I knew were Mike and Brandon. <laughs> so they got cast in everything, a and lot. I knew I knew knew I I knew no actresses at the time. Like I I didn't know anybody. I know those guys. They were it. But yeah, I, I met you, and like, all right, this guy acts gay enough, I guess. <laughs> you, well, because Mike, Mike was playing a gay character, and he's not a gay yeah. character. He's not a gay man. And I'm like, oh yeah, this guy, 
This guy's gay. He plays a gay character, all right. I don't know if he is. <laughs> you heard it there. Yeah. <laughs> but you did great. It was fun. Thank you. It was fun. And so that was about probably ten beers deep by then. Yeah. Well, I look better too. <laughs> so you said you had known Brandon and Mike, but you didn't know any actresses. I know you and Shannon McDonough are good friends. When did you first meet her? Potpourri. Same. Okay. Same. Um, oh, really? Probably the previous week when we, the first day okay. of shooting Potpourri, I, could, when we started shooting Potpourri, I was just the behind the scenes person. Hmm. I was taking still photography and I was running around with the Canon XL2, Brandon's Canon XL2, and I was shooting <laughs> behind the scenes. And that was like one of the last things I ever directed was the behind the scenes for Potpourri. And I remember at one point we're down in the basement they're shooting something upstairs, but I'm running lines with all the other <laughs> actors. <laughs> and we're just drinking beer, having fun. And I don't know, we just became buds. Like, we ended up on sets here or there. Mm -hmm. You know, over the next few months, like, I think we were on a, a set called uh, Bloodshed Love, which is where Shannon came in, she... She was one of the leads. I was just playing a bartender. <laughs> and she's doing her makeup, and I'm talking to her. Like, we're all pals. And she's like, I hey, just sit down. I'm like, all right. So I sit down and bullshit with her. You know, a little intimidated because, you know, Shannon was a lead in the last thing I was on. Now she's the lead on this one. <laughs> I'm still a bartender. Yeah, so right. I'm like, who's this person? <laughs> um, but what really solidified it for us was my roommates were having a little anti-Valentine's Day party on Valentine's Day, which is the Monday. And Grumpy's in Roseville. There's nobody in there. So a bunch of us go out there. And Monday's at Grumpy's was $2 craft beers, Minnesota craft beers. So I'm getting Minnesota craft I'm, I'm drinking Surly. So I'm drinking $2 glasses of Surly. But I see Shannon posts on Facebook that she's sitting by herself on Valentine's Day. I'm like, she's down at the Keani Grill, also in Roseville, just down Snelling. I'm like, hey, come down to Grumpy's. Like, we're hanging out. I don't know. I'm hanging out. I'm like, no, 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 come on down. So she comes down, hangs out, and that kind of really solidified it for us. Hmm. Was that, you know, us drinking together on Valentine's Day, sad and depressed because we're all alone. <laughs> the only person there... <laughs> <laughs> that really got lucky that I was my room my roommate Amber. She met a guy named Mike who is now her fiance. Wow. They've been together like ten years. Awesome. Yeah. They met for the first time that I it was my first time meeting Mike too. And I got further with him than she did because we rubbed mustaches together. Oh we had a <laughs> no he didn't. Yeah. No. <laughs> wow. I hope that she's since gotten further with him. <laughs> That's hope, right? Wow. But yeah, they uh oh, yeah. Yeah, they're engaged and, Wow. <laughs> you know, it was kind of the magic of that night. Like I got a best friend out of it, she got a fiance. Hey, <laughs> everyone won, right? Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy, thank you so much yeah. for yeah. taking time with us, even yeah. as much yeah. as you despise me, but you I don't know. even know who you are, actually. Uh, neither do I, so. <laughs> no. um, one last question before we go. 
if you don't mind, if you don't mind, uh, I'd like, uh, would you be willing to share a little bit about, uh, your personal life over the last year or so? Yeah. I mean, you know, the last year was really tough. Uh, my, my dad was hospitalized for about, about 20 times. Uh, and he eventually passed away in August. Sorry to my, hear that. Yeah. He was, a. Uh, He's definitely one of my early supporters in film. Mm-hmm. Uh, he showed me a lot of movies. Like, I had no restrictions growing up. I could watch whatever I wanted. Whatever he was watching, I would watch. Um, <laughs> you know, watch Nightmare on Elm Street 3 at five years old. and wasn't traumatized at all. <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> yeah, Loved I know. It. Um, and when, when, I, when I got in the film, uh, I, I wasn't even at school yet. I was still, like, cutting together, like, you know, my fun little videos with my friends. He got a computer and he wanted to learn how to edit. Mm. So mm. he mm. had got a bunch of his dad's 16 millimeter film transferred onto VHS, which then he uploaded into his computer and he started editing wow. video along with yeah. me. And I come over and like work with them on it. That was really cool. And the, my, for my final project for MCTC, he was actually one of the extras. Oh, and fun. In my final project and that was a lot of fun and he he showed me what is my number one favorite film for the first time that that is a true romance it came out in 1993 yeah he showed that to me for the first time and i'm like this is the greatest thing ever and the more i read about it I'm like oh yeah this is this is it this is this will be my number one favorite forever so yeah he, he passed away in august and we we threw him one hell of a party. So much of a party. <laughs> Between my me and my brother, we, we think we, we drank probably about a case and a half of hams. About, <laughs> about 45. 45 beers between the two of us. Bottle of Jägermeister. Like you do. Uh, yeah. Uh, the next morning, my stepmom sends me a text. She's like, hey, can you guys bring me my car? Because we had somebody bring her home. She was also way too drunk to get home by herself. Yeah, no problem. She's like, oh, by the way, can you grab your dad? And I'm like, my dad? Oh, my dad's ashes were in the garage. Oh. He was the last one up partying all night. That's wow. the way I look at it. So I'm like, yeah, I'll grab him. I, I grab his box of ashes and I seatbelt him into my truck. I'm like, all right, man, time to go home. <laughs> so. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was, a, it was a tough year, but it was also, you know, a year where I, I also learned a lot about myself. Like, I, I can build a structure. Like, I built a bar in my backyard. I can build a pool. You know, there's stuff I can do. Yeah. So. What's the name of your bar? My, my, my name that I came up with was uh, Fitty's Lounge, which is uh, the name of our family bar, which is what was on the east side of St. Paul. It belonged to my dad's uncle. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So. Yeah. Kind of Irish themed a little bit, but I'm getting ready to run a tap line out there, so I'll have a tap beer out there. This <laughs> well, I think uh, everyone would love a, a tap beer. I remember when you were just beginning building it, and uh, to see it now, it's pretty yeah. amazing what you've done. So yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. And there's a point where you know you're building something and you don't know what you're doing. Where it's like this thing's rocking back and forth. What am I doing? Everybody's gonna judge my craftsmanship and then all of a sudden it doesn't rock anymore it's solid it's a solid structure 
it's not going anywhere. And people comment on how well it's built. And I'm like, really? I see like probably 100 flaws in this. But I guess I do that with, with my movies too. It's like, oh yeah, you, you guys tell me they're good. But I'm like, I'm looking at that there. That should have been there. But I, I guess we all have that. Even the biggest productions, yes. you know, will have a boom mic show up every now or somebody who's not supposed to be in the shot. In the Shadow, show. yep. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know. I like looking for those bloopers. No, yeah, they're fun. <laughs> so, like, uh, with all this life experience, is there one thing you would say to, like, just people uh, coming up in the world looking for uh, something that they can become is there is there an inspiration oh. that keeps you going or is there there's a mantra um I, I i use it all the time um it comes from the miniseries from the earth to the moon which is a miniseries that tom hanks made and i think in 98 1998 it's all about the apollo missions to the moon first episode one of the first title cards that comes up is something that it's a question can we do this? Which is NASA kind of asking themselves, can we send a man to the moon? Can we send a man into space? Can we do this? And it's something that I've used for probably the last decade. Well, in at least the last five to six years. You know, when I was getting ready to buy my house or, you know, work at the brewery, you know, I'd always run the numbers. I, could I, I keep a very elaborate Elaborate uh, bank log where it has all my finances on it. I can tell you six months from now how much money I'm going to have. And I, you know, I ask myself, can I do this? Can we do this? And I do that before I start anything new. And you really got to sit down and reflect. And you got to look at all the variables and come to that conclusion. And I, I highly recommend people just think about that. Think before you, you go do something. Just don't go do it. Um, make sure it's right. Don't just go to move. Don't move to L.A. right now because you want to be an actor. Think about it before you go do it because it's not that easy. So, yeah, it's definitely, definitely that. Well, as a man who's been in not only the entertainment industry but also the brewing industry, uh, history of... Uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, Minneapolis, Minnesota, and then also um, you work in healthcare, and uh, yes, and you work with the numbers as well, and yes, also Jimmy of all trades. Jimmy of all trades. Work so. on the number side of healthcare, <laughs> or <laughs> the you, dollar side. And you see lots of money coming through, and you see where the money goes. I would imagine, and all this. Yep. So, yeah. And that that was that's been a challenging year there too, where you know, where you get. You get shut down. I mean, our my company, we couldn't do any elective surgeries. I mean, everything everything had to be emergency or COVID, and you watch that revenue stream just drop. Hmm. I I'm sorry, you know, to me we should definitely have universal universal healthcare for sure. Hmm. It just it just makes way more sense. It's way easier. Hmm. Um, I, I think it's gonna you know, cost less overall. Mm -hmm. um, but watching you know that part of the business kind of just drop off and then the people around you directly affected where it's like well we got to reduce time 
we got to reduce everybody like 80% of their hours, 50% of their hours. Or, you know, over the summer where we had two to three people that were off all summer. Wow. Now, they could use their vacation time. That's fine. A lot of us have vacation time, like a month's worth at a time. So you can burn that and you're fine. And then you get an unemployment on top of that. But, man, I, I couldn't do it. That's a lot to ask. Mm-hmm. So very thankful for those folks. That kind of, you know, took the bullet for for those of us that were able to work full time all summer mm-hmm. and get through COVID, and now we're, you know, we're slowly getting back on track. And yes, feels good that things are starting yeah. to go in the and getting other you know getting that now. patient care because yeah. man, there there are surgeries that okay they're they're elective but people need to have them done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, people are in pain. You know knee surgery, hip surgery, or they're in pain if they don't have them. So it's kind of nice to kind of be back there where it's like, yeah, come on, we'll, we'll fix you right up. Mm-hmm. So. Does the future of uh, healthcare uh, in the medical field, does that look promising going forward, or does it look like we're kind of headed? I, I would say so. I, I think, yeah. I hope for me anyways. <laughs> well, hope for all of us, yes. right? <laughs> I mean, I, I got 20 years in. I, I'm hoping that I can continue with my 20 years, yeah. 20 more years, and then retire. Yeah. That would be nice. So, yeah. 20 years is a lot to be in a company, you guys. <laughs> there's the guy. There's the man. Jimmy Keeps, thank you so much thank for this you. interview. I appreciate thank it. You. Thank you. Thank you for My co-host, Landon Banks, thank you very thank much, you. sir. Thank you. Um, welcome. You didn't touch me again. I keep, I no, can't help myself. It's, you're irresistible. Anything happened. <laughs> uh, thanks for hanging out tonight, guys. Thank you. Uh, we'll, we'll talk soon. Check out Jimmy Keebs. Um, everywhere, right? IMDb. Everywhere. Amazon Prime. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where stuff is. Yeah, and check out Steel Vengeance. Aha. Uh-huh. It's on YouTube. Finding Jimmy. Finding Jimmy, yeah. I think that's on Vimeo. And alongside it... Uh, American Rescue Squad, uh, One Night Stand, Landon Banks, Another Christmas Alone, Chased. Oh, you're in Chased? I was in I'm in Chased. Wait, you're in Chased? Yes. I only came for one day. I did. I wasn't with you guys. We had a few. Yeah. Okay. The Dawn, which we worked together on. Yeah, we yes. were we were in the Dawn together. That's right. That not, was fun. In, not in a scene together, but we were in the same movie. That's right. But. <laughs> the, <laughs> They didn't want to bring me on. That's yeah. why. <laughs> Rise Against the Fall. Brian puts in his two. You were in Brian puts in his two weeks notice. Yep. I'm gonna have to do that more research. A, that on was another you. musical. I'm gonna have to do a little <laughs> bit more research on this guy. Okay, guys. Thanks so much for hanging out. Uh, Thank we'll you guys. Check you guys out next time. Thanks so much for Thank hanging. Thank you. All Bye. right, Jimmy Keeps, Landon Banks, Alec Gerber, peace. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening to the Artist Journey podcast. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we talked about like all of my feature films that I worked on. We talked about some of my, you know, smaller uh, short films. We talked about my career in the brewing industry. We talked about the Hams kidnapping, and a lot of people seem to not know about that. So, with me, Jimmy Keeves, my pals Elliot and Landon. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Stick around for more.